Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Deuteronomy 2. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would understand that you are in control. You are in control of world events. You are in control of small and great events. And that we would trust in you. That you have everything under control and that you are working your great plan. We thank you through Jesus. Amen. Deuteronomy 2 Then we turned and set out toward the wilderness in the direction of the Red Sea, as Yahweh told me. And we went around Mount Seir for many days. Yahweh spoke to me, saying, Long enough have you been skirting this mountain. Turn yourselves north and instruct the people, saying, You are about to cross through the territory of your brothers, the descendants of Esau, who are living in Seir. They will be afraid of you, and so be very careful. Do not get involved in battle with them, for I will not give you any of their land, not even a foot's breadth of it, since I have given Mount Seir as a possession for Esau. You shall buy food from them so that you may eat, and also you shall purchase water from them with money so that you may drink. The fact of the matter is, Yahweh your God has blessed you in all the work you have done. He knows your travels with respect to this great wilderness. Forty years Yahweh your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. And so we passed by our brothers, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, past the road of the Arabah, from Elath and Ezongeber, and we turned and traveled along the route of the desert of Moab. And Yahweh said to me, You shall not attack Moab, and you shall not engage in war with them. For I will not give you any of his land as a possession. I have given Ar to the descendants of Lot as a possession. The Emim previously lived in it, a people large, numerous, and tall like the Anakites. They were reckoned also as Rephaim, as the Anakites were. But the Moabites called them Emim. The Horites previously lived in Seir. But the descendants of Esau dispossessed them and destroyed them from among themselves, as Israel did with respect to the land of their possession that Yahweh gave to them. So now arise and cross over the wadi of Zered yourselves. And so we crossed the wadi of Zered. Now the length of time that we had traveled from Kadesh Barnea until the time we crossed the wadi of Zered was thirty-eight years, until the perishing of all of that generation, that is, the men of war from the midst of the camp, as Yahweh had sworn to them. The hand of Yahweh was against them, to root them out from the midst of the camp, until they perished completely. And then, when all the men of war had died from among the people, Yahweh spoke to me, saying, You are about to cross over the boundary of Moab today at Ar. When you approach the border of the Ammonites, you shall not harass them, and you shall not get involved in battle with them. For I have not given the land of the Ammonites to you as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. It is also considered the land of Rephaim. Rephaim lived in it previously, and the Ammonites called them Zamzumim, a people great and numerous, and as tall as the Anakites. Yahweh destroyed them from before them, and they dispossessed them and settled in place of them, just as he did for the descendants of Esau who live in Seir, when he destroyed the Horites from before them and dispossessed them, and then they settled in their place up to this day. Also the Avites, who live in the villages as far as Gaza, and the Kaphtarim, who came out from Kaphtor, 
destroyed them, and then settled in their place. Arise, set out and cross over the wadi of Arnon. Look, I have given Sihon the Amorite, the king of Heshbon, and his land into your hand. Begin to take possession of it, and engage with him in battle. This day I will begin to place the dread of you, and the fear of you, before the peoples, under all the heavens. They will hear the report about you, and so they will shake and tremble because of you. So I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Sihon, king of Heshbon. I sent terms of peace, saying, Let me cross through your land, and only along the road I will go. I will not turn aside to the right or to the left. Food for money you shall sell me, so that I may eat, and water for money you will give to me, so that I may drink. Just let me cross on foot, just as the descendants of Esau did for me who live in Seir, and the Moabites who live in Ar, until I cross the Jordan into the land that Yahweh our God is giving to us. But Sihon king of Heshbon was not willing to let us cross through his territory, because Yahweh your God hardened his spirit and made him obstinate in order to give him into your hand, just as he has now done. Yahweh said to me, Look, I have begun to give over to you Sihon and his land. Begin to take possession of his land. Then Sihon and all his people came out to meet us for battle at Jahaz. And so Yahweh our God gave him over to us, and we struck him down, and his sons, and all of his people. So we captured all of his cities at that time, and we destroyed each town of males, and the women and the children. We did not leave behind a survivor. We took only the livestock as spoil for ourselves, and also the booty of the cities that we had captured. From Aroer, which is on the edge of the wadi of Arnon, and the city that was in the wadi, on up to Gilead, there was not a city that was inaccessible to us. Yahweh our God gave everything to us. Only the land of the Ammonites you did not approach, all along the whole upper region of the Jabbok River and the towns of the hill country, according to all that Yahweh our God had instructed. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 1, Moses began speaking to the Israelites, and really, the book of Deuteronomy is a series of speeches that Moses gave to the Israelites. He started by retelling them specific events from their history. He started with appointing judges for them. Then he talked about how they had refused to go into the land when the twelve spies came back and told them that the land was good, but the people were large and strong. So chapter 2 starts with them heading back to the desert. But it covers the 40 years of wandering, or 38 really years, in the first verse, and then focuses on their approach to the promised land. They first went east to get around Edom. Edom was descended from Esau, the brother of Jacob. Jacob was renamed Israel by God. So Yahweh calls them their brothers and says that he will not give their land to the Israelites. Then Yahweh told Moses that they could not attack Moab either. Moab was descended from Lot, Abraham's nephew. Then we get a parenthetical section about how Moab and Esau had originally gotten their land. Other people had lived in those lands, including large people, but they took the land from those other people. And God says that he is the one who gave the land to Edom and Moab. Then the people cross over the Wadi Zered. A wadi is a river that flows sometimes and dries up sometimes, depending on the season and the rains or snow melt in the mountains higher up. This is a milestone because it is at this point that all of the men who were 20 years old and up at the first census 
have died. And Moses tells us that this was 38 years since they had made the fateful decision not to enter the land from Kadesh Barnea. Now, Kadesh Barnea was more than a year after they had left Egypt, since they celebrated the second Passover at Mount Sinai. So, adding it all together, Moses is telling them things from this point on that have happened less than two years prior to when he gave this speech. Then they pass the Ammonites. God tells Moses not to fight with the Ammonites. They were also descended from Lot, just like Moab. God says he has given this land to the Ammonites. We get another parenthetical section about how the Ammonites got their land. It says that Yahweh destroyed a people who were living in that land, who were large, and let the Ammonites take the land. It also mentions how the people from Kaftor came and took over the coastland of Canaan. Scholars have suggested that Kaftor means the island of Crete, and that these were a seafaring people. Then Yahweh tells Moses that he is giving Sihon the Amorite into his hand. The Amorites were not descended from Abraham or his close relatives. There were actually some Amorites who lived west of the Jordan in the Promised Land. So God says he is starting to give them to the Israelites. So the Israelites first send a message to Sihon, offering to travel through peacefully. But Sihon refuses, because Yahweh hardened his heart. So Sihon brought out his army, and Israel destroyed them and captured all their cities and killed all the people and just kept the livestock for themselves. But they didn't attack the Ammonites that God had told them not to attack. And now for a deeper dive. These parenthetical sections are interesting. They seem to be written from a later perspective of God giving Israel victory, so it may be that they were not part of Moses' original speech, although the point does go very well with the point Moses was making, that God is the one who decides who gets each piece of land, and God gives the victory. But here's a question. Did Yahweh appear to the Edomites and Moabites and Ammonites and tell them to take the land, like he did with the Israelites? Well, if he did, we don't read about it. And actually, it seems quite clear that what God did with the Israelites was out of the ordinary and special for them. And yet, it is saying that God was in control of these things. And later, when the Israelites sin and God uses other nations to attack and punish Israel, It doesn't say that God appeared to people in those nations and explained what was going on. God has ways of controlling the course of events without actually having to appear to people. It says here that Yahweh hardened Sihon's heart to fight the Israelites. Now, do you think that God does that today? Or did he only do that in Bible times? Well, Daniel praised God in Daniel chapter 2 verse 21 saying, and he changes the times and the seasons, and he deposes kings, and he sets up kings. So Daniel seems to be thinking that God is controlling who's in control. And then Paul said in Romans 13, Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except by God, and those that exist are put in place by God. So, I think it is clear that God is still controlling things today. That doesn't mean that everything people do is okay because God planned it. It can still be a sin that I do, but God can use it for his purpose. Now, if I'm doing a sinful thing that is wrong, even if God is using it for his good purpose, it's still a sin. So, let's not worry about nuclear war or anything else. God is in control of it.
Now, it may be hard. If God wants to punish the country that we are in, we will suffer with the country. But we can trust that God is in control of it all. It may be in my lifetime that God causes the United States to be overcome by enemies. But if it happens, it will not be because of strategic errors of policy and military. It will be because of God. It may be through strategic errors of policy and military, but the real control is in God's hands. And here is the amazing thing. You and I can affect world events in two ways. One, we can pray to God, who's in control of everything. And two, we can work to make our lives more like God's ways and influence the people around us to be more righteous. And that may keep our nation from being destroyed. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.